on America's Big Dog Radio Pro. As promised, we have a really real deal guest uh, joining us right now. Uh, we have none other than David Limbaugh. David is an expert in law and politics. Uh, he's a writer. Uh, he has taught law. He has written eight books, and I was sharing with you earlier, you know, it's not easy to be a conservative, particularly a Christian conservative writer in these modern times when we are constantly under attack, and still this man's books always seem to become bestsellers, and we expect nothing less from his latest effort, Jesus is Risen. And we want to say welcome and thank you to David Limbaugh. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. Hey, the pleasure is all mine, man. And, uh, you know, this is just it's really great. And this is uh, of your uh, top best selling books. Uh, many of your books. What is this? Your fourth one that uh, that's a Christian theme book. You're right on top of it. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Christianity seems always to be uh, under attack. And, of course, the subtitle of this book is uh, about Paul and the early church. And you go through the book of Acts and many of the epistles and uh, and you make uh, every chapter you connect it to uh, a, a particular part of the Bible. And, uh, you know, and in a short time we have, I don't want to, you know, go through, uh, we would probably need to schedule you for two hours to do that. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I'd love to do it, but, um, you know, I'm trying to be time sensitive here. Christianity is always on trial and under attack, okay? Whether we see violent Muslims, uh, you know, beheading uh, Christians or putting them in cages, setting them on fire, or from atheistic bureaucrats right here in our own United States of America, a nation founded by Christians, okay, uh, or in our universities. And most of these universities, likewise, David, founded by Christians for the express purpose of preparing people to preach the gospel to the new fledgling United States of America. Boy, it's refreshing to hear you say that, because so many people don't know that history or choose to rewrite it and revise it. It's really nice to hear you accurately state it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've been uh, have guys like you that I can learn from over the years. <laughs> and now, so you have today, and then you have the early church. So for for and and I I hear uh, many people get very frustrated. You know, I tend to not get so frustrated by these things that are happening today because I'm a big picture guy and I, I study this and you know I listen to people like you, but. Now, share with the audience what the early church had to go through and make some parallels between then and now. Okay, well, and just to give a little background, this book is, uh, the last book I did, Christian book I did, was on the Gospels. This book is on the Book of Acts, which is the history of the early church, and six of the Apostle Paul's 13 epistles, where he's writing letters to the churches that he planted uh, when he hears word that they are deviating, straying from the true gospel, and he wants them to come back to the gospel, <clears throat> unite their church, be a, a united body in Christ. <clears throat> and then he also expounds on Christian doctrine, just fascinating things in these letters. And to tell you, to, one great testament that uh, the message back then is the message today, and that they were experiencing, experiencing the same problems that we do, is that these letters 
he intended uh, to be local to churches that he planted. And and someone said, well, well, then what would he say to churches today? And I said, he's already said it. These yes. churches were inspired by God, and they've become Scripture, uh, and they are applicable to us just as they were today, because human nature doesn't change. It's constant. We advance uh, technologically and scientifically, but we have not advanced in terms of our human nature. We're fallen. Uh, we can't save ourselves. We need the grace of Jesus Christ uh, for our salvation. We need to place our trust in Christ. And so they experienced, the early church experienced opposition, adversity, uh, physical persecution, and uh, it's the same kinds of things that the church and Christians experience all through the world. Now, we don't have it nearly as bad in the United States, precisely because our founding documents reflect the foundational Judeo-Christian principles that ensure our liberties and guard against that kind of persecution. We do experience discrimination, and we're seeing more and more of the secular left chipping away at our religious liberties. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say to many, there are many ministers that uh, will will not stray, they will try to stick to Scripture and not make it applicable to modern life, particularly in regards to to politics, whereas all throughout the Bible, I, I see politics everywhere. I see a whole lot of talk about this king or that king or this governor or that governor. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the, the, the church, we're not supposed to be divorced from the world. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Of course, God put us here for a purpose. And I don't believe that, like some Christians, that we're supposed to be passive and do nothing but pray. Uh, yes, I believe God is sovereign and in control, but I also believe we have a duty as Christians to obediently follow Christ and set forth his principles and try to advance those principles. Now, that doesn't mean that we cram those down other people's throats like the secular left wants to do. Right. We, respect the freedom of, we respect the freedom of all people, uh, but I don't believe that there's a, an absolute bar on separation of uh, a bar of, of intermixture between church and state, uh, but I don't want uh, us to, as Christians, to dictate any uh, government policy and force it on people. Right. We have a right to in- we have a right to influence it, just like secularists and non-Christians have a right to do that, and, and it'll play out in the democratic process. But I, I don't like it when some pastors preach liberal politics from the pulpit, and I I don't. I don't uh, advocate that the pastor preaches conservative politics. Just don't, just just talk about Jesus. That's all I care about when I'm right. in church. I mean, right, when right. I'm in oh, okay, oh, okay. Now, so what about when the the uh, opposition really makes an issue um, so so central, and they're so and they're and they're really literally lies being told and. Uh, for example, you had recently you had the Kavanaugh hearings and I was I was hoping because this was, a you know, an actual case of an outright, uh, I, I feel, a totally made up lie. And you had people saying, well, because this is a woman, you have to believe her. And where, you know, I heard no one mention other than me on the radio. I heard no one bring up Potiphar's wife or 
you know, the uh, the woman that requested that John the Baptist be beheaded. I mean, these are things, opportunities right out of the Bible that perhaps a, a minister, maybe he wouldn't have to beat the congregation over the head with it, but he could give it a mention. You know, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of those two examples. Those are sterling examples. And, and I, I cannot believe uh, how maniacal the, the left got on Kavanaugh and were willing to suspend uh, due process rights and the other freedoms and say things like, if she's a woman, she has to be believed. Really, that's a scary mindset. Uh, and you're right. Uh, had that happened with uh, Potiphar's wife, uh, history would have been changed, wouldn't it? Well, actually, history did get changed because of it, because Joseph went to prison, and God used his imprisonment to move him up to a higher position. Oh, no, you're right about that. I spoke too quickly. In fact, I even wrote about that in my first Christian book. You're right. In that case, God turned that evil into good. Yeah. You're right. And, yeah. And so so who knows? Maybe, well, well maybe we can analogize this. The, the fact that the left was so... Unreasonable, unhinged, maniacal, spiritually depraved, I would go so far as to say. Maybe that'll backfire in the midterm election. Now, that's my prayer. But we need the preachers to, and like you said, now I'm in agreement with you, David, uh, that they shouldn't beat people over the head with it. But preachers have to kind of get in the game. I mean, in in the founding of this nation, they had a group called the Black Robed Regiment which was a derisive name that the British gave to the preachers because they said, well, wow, these preachers with their black robes, they're like an extra regiment, you know, because they actually uh, preached from the pulpit and animated the early uh, Americans to uh, separate from England. And without them, perhaps we would not have had a revolutionary war. I think more than anyone, that group of preachers, did uh, embolden the colonies. I real, I've, I've, re- I've looked at that, too, and you're exactly right about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we certainly have a, a, a bold guy like you out here, you know, your fourth Christian book, your eighth New York Times bestseller, uh, the articles you write. Uh, what, what else do you have that you're working on uh, that, that might be? Uh, well, first of all, how, how long has this book uh, been out, uh, Jesus is Risen, and his, has it reached the same status as your other New York Times bestsellers yet? Uh, interesting. It's, it was out uh, October 2nd, almost two weeks ago, and the first week uh, we have figures that it sold the seventh, seventh highest in the nation on nonfiction hardcover, and yet the New York Times would not put me on the list of the top 15, even though it was seventh se- uh, seller. But they put me on the combined list, the combined list, digital and, and uh, hardcover at 14. I, it's mysterious. I think it's politically motivated. Oh, or, or yeah. Seriously motivated. I don't know. Who knows? But oh. I'm not, I don't want to play the victim card. I'm just grateful that it's sold. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was sharing with the audience prior to having you come on, uh, kind of preparing them uh, that this is what the uh, the left does and that in spite of that, there's all this uh, success, and so it's just it's God's will that uh, these books uh, be successful. It's God's will that this type of truth get out, and uh, I just thank you for uh, being a soldier and being a watchman on the wall and, and putting this out there. I mean, Jesus is risen. I mean, this is, um, 
you know, the uh, the one of the big knocks that the atheists make is they try to say that uh, they have all kinds of excuses on the central question of the Christian faith. Did was there an empty tomb uh, three days later? And you say very accurately that there actually was and that the early church literally believed that. And, and if you think about it, David, if they didn't believe it, then why would so many of them be willing to go to their deaths? I mean, 11, 11 of the 12 uh, apostles were martyred. That's exactly right. It, it, you know, people say, well, there's no big deal about Christian martyrs. Other uh, religions have their own martyrs, but there's a difference. Other, religion, other religious martyrs might have uh, sincerely, in fact, I'm sure they did sincerely believe what they died for, but they had an idea of, of what God was or who his prophets were or whatever, and they were willing to die for it. The, the early Christians died because they witnessed the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ in the flesh, in history, in real time. There is no way would for something they knew to be a lie. In fact, they would have given it up. Uh, the Apostle Paul, in his epistles, say, says, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't occur, Christianity is nothing, and, and Christians are most to be pitied because they will die in their sins after having devoted their lives to Christ. And he's exactly right. Christianity hangs on the truth of the fact of the history of the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that appearance, his appearance over 40 days to different apostles at different times and at one time to 500 people, transformed, transformed these people from skeptic, uh, feckless deniers, as we saw Peter denying Jesus even after he died and having accompanied him his entire earthly ministry, ministry to bold proclaimants of the gospel willing to die for him. They saw him. They broke bread with him. Uh, and and they touched him at various times and conversed with him, and he explained to them the entire the entirety of the scriptures and how they pointed to him. So no, there's no question this occurred in history, and, and this is a, an authentic, real, true, the only true religion. Yeah, I'm in 100% agree, agreement with you, David, and I'm so pleased that in spite of all the opposition. Christianity is growing everywhere among Muslims in the Middle East, in China, in, and as a matter of fact, in the places where there's the most brutality, uh, in, in spite of that brutality and that attempt to snuff out uh, Christianity, just like they tried to snuff out the early church, uh, there's success uh, everywhere. And if we, look, if we here in the lap of luxury could get on board, my goodness. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right, and uh, Paul says we are to rejoice in our persecution, not not meaning that uh, you know we we're having fun because we're being abused. By the way, we don't get abused like they do in other places in yeah. the world, but rejoice in persecution because you know that you're serving the cause of Christ, and you know that that it's making headway, and so and you know you're being obedient. Uh, so I think I think that's what we're seeing in other places of the world, and you're exactly right to point out that where this persecution is the most severe, Christianity thrives. Same place, same thing with the, the underground Christian movement in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we here in the, in the United States of America, 
the recognized leader of the free world, uh, we need to kind of get on board. And uh, thank you so much, David. Yeah, any, any last words? Well, yeah, all these books, these Christian books that I write, are designed to introduce people to the Bible, give them uh, a little bit of a guide, like it's like a series of Sunday school lessons in writing, to, to orient them to the Bible, give them a primer, and encourage them to want to read the Bible for themselves. Because the Bible is the Word of God. Books about the Bible, like my book, are not the Word of God, but I think we have a duty as brothers in Christ to help each other uh, and reduce the intimidation factor that some people have with the Bible. It's really an unbelievably fascinating experience to dig deep into the Bible and learn and make that a life practice. Yeah, yeah, and you're doing that, uh, too, and you're doing exactly uh, what you write about when you say strong Christians have an obligation to support uh, weaker Christians, to help them uh, gain their strength and gain their footing. And uh, you're certainly using the gifts that God has given you uh, to that end. And so I, I would just say bless you, and, uh, and may you continue to prosper and, uh, and be successful. Bless you, too, and thanks for the privilege and honor of being on your uh, radio program. All right. And uh, now, real quick, I guess uh, folks can get the book. Uh, the title, folks, is Jesus is Risen, and they can get it, I, I guess, at any bookstore and, and through Amazon, or do you have a particular website you prefer they go to? No, sir, that's right. In, in Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any place. And the only requirement I have is they buy 5 or 10 for Christmas presents. Oh, you know, that is an excellent idea. Yes, this, you talk about would make great Christmas presents. My goodness. Yeah. That's well, a, you know, you know I, got, I got five kids to put through college, so I'm just looking for a little help here, huh? <laughs> God bless you, know. you. God bless you, David yeah. Limbaugh. I really, I really appreciate you. I can't wait for your next book so we can have you back again. Thank you, sir. Can't wait either. Take oh, care. All right. Take care now.